Hi everyone. Good to see you. I um, would love to speak to you about intimacy with God. Um, those of you that have known me for a while, you know that I speak often about um, finding intimacy with God through nature. And today I'm going to speak about something different. It's about words. <laughs> it's going to be great. As part of today's message, I'm going to share some journaling that I've done um, in the past. I grew up loving the Lord and through, from my mid-teens, I started journaling with Him. I'm going to share some of those um, early journaling entries because I feel it's important that we can just see the rawness of speaking with the Lord from when it's not like got all these filters on it, okay? So basically what I'm gonna do is put a whole bunch of stuff out for you, fishing rod, fish, bait, and you're gonna, we're gonna put it together and we're gonna look at how we can use it. I'm gonna give a few examples and then I'll give you a chance to fish yourself <laughs> at the end. I think intimacy with God is like, it reminds me of a diamond. You know how they speak about a diamond having just multifaceted, it's got all these sides. Um, and when it's cut properly and polished properly, all those sides reflect um, the beauty of that diamond. Intimacy with God is the same. There's many ways to be intimate with Him. Um, some of us are naturally stronger or attracted to certain ways to be intimate with him and that's awesome because he wires us all different but there's still many ways and so this is one that I want to open to you and it's one that everyone can fall into and explore and it's a really epic one if you are not a writer do not switch off keep your heart open you may find a way through my words that works for you to increase intimacy for you in this area. There are also writers in this room and you do not yet know that you are a writer. So keep your heart open. If you are male and you think that writing is a feminine thing, you have been robbed from hell. Potentially 100% of the Bible came to us through male hands. When the Lord's spirits birthed the Bible, it came through masculine hands, masculine mind, masculine heart, masculine spirit. If you are a man, do not think that writing is a feminine thing. It is not. You are being robbed of one of your Spheres of dominion, if you believe that. We see from ancient history, Isaiah, Aristotle, Plato, up to recent history, J.R. Tolkien, G.K. Chesterton, many, many men, William Shakespeare, you look at the poets, many, many men. Do not think this is not your zone, this is your zone, this is your dominion. Men, this is your dominion. Pick up your sword, listen to what I'm sharing today, but give your yes to the Lord when it comes to writing. Adding to this, Jesus himself called himself the Word. Words both spoken and written are a primal part of God. Primal part of God. God created with words. Genesis 1 verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. Then God said, it came out of him. Let there be light. And there was light. Genesis 1 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God said, and then he did it. Words are super powerful. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. This is Jesus. This is a name that God decides to use to describe himself, the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Do you think it might be important? (laughs) If we're not familiar with it, it doesn't matter. It only matters if you continue not being familiar with it. (laughs) Okay. I'm gonna read to you briefly parts of a story out of Mark chapter nine. It's the story of a father that cries out to Jesus to heal his son. It's from the middle of chapter nine. It starts from verse 14, but I'm just gonna read out bits of you. If you've got your Bibles, you're welcome to follow. So the father's never named, it's just referred to as the father, and this is what he says to Jesus. Teacher, I brought you my son. So he's communicating with Jesus how? Through words, okay? Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth. He becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. This has been happening to him from childhood. Often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy my son. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That is quite a dialogue. <laughs> hey, how many stories in the Bible does, is that amount, of, that amount of information given to Jesus about what's going on? But it does tell us a lot about the Father. Tell us about his actions that he's already done. He brought the boy to Jesus, to the disciples, now to Jesus. He acknowledges Jesus as teacher. He doesn't actually use the word healer. He says teacher. Um, He tells us um, the father felt he had to give a lot of detail to Jesus in order maybe to persuade him, I don't know, or to help Jesus know what's going on so he knows what to do, which is a bit cute, but maybe. He reveals lifestyle, how traumatic to have to save your son from fire or from water and to be constantly vigilant to live in that state. Shows the love of this man for his son. All of this is shown through his words. And how does Jesus respond? Jesus says to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who will believe. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And this is the part that I really love. Jesus then heals the son. I love how through his words, the father stated that he believed And he also stated that he had unbelief. So there's an alignment, I believe, and there's an honesty. I still have unbelief, and there's a yielding, please help me. Like, I have unbelief, please help me. And that was enough, Jesus healed the son. It's a very authentic exchange. Jesus made it clear to the man where he needed to stand, if you can believe. All things are possible. And the man uses his words to state back where he's choosing to stand. I believe. And he also shows where his lack is. Help my unbelief. The man gave both of these to Jesus. It's very intimate. It's very honest and intimate. Jesus completely accepted it. There was enough belief there to heal the son. I believe is a statement of alignment, saying I choose you, I'm with you, I want what you're saying, you have my yes, he's giving that to God. And help my unbelief is a statement of honesty, he's saying I know I hold lack, please walk with me through this, help me, I need you. It was enough. So I want to open up some dialogue to look at intimacy with God along those lines. 
I'm going to share with you some pages from a journal. What I'll do is we'll put it on the screen. I don't know if you'll be able to read it or not. It's irrelevant because I'll read it to you anyway. Um, and then we'll chat about it. So the first slide. This was written during high school. Um, Catherine, I stayed with Catherine's family during this time in my life in Zimbabwe. Do you remember where UYC is, something yacht club? Okay. So we went out for um, a camp to this yacht club and I got up early in the morning and I wrote this to Jesus. God, I cannot get over your beauty and nature. The world does so much against you, yet you continue to bless us with beautiful sunrises and dew on the grass and birds on the water and mist surrounding the distant trees and fresh air and natural noises. You're such an awesome, generous, great, amazing, unparalleled, I have no words, God. I will live in your arms forever. I just read the last chapter in Isaiah. Very nice, I'm telling God, <laughs> very nice. You spoke some very nice words through that man. Well done, Jesus. There's a few things here I'm expressing. You can tell I'm looking at something beautiful and that's overflowing in me. It's really important when you notice things that God's doing, to, first of all, to still yourself enough to actually notice the world around you and to not just take it for granted. So start noticing it and realizing it from the view of it's a gift. And then starting to, adoration begins to grow in you when you do that. But then to verbalize that. You can also see that I'm okay with crossing out some words and not writing very neatly. This is really important because sometimes we feel when we journal, we really have to do it right while you really don't, okay? So crossing out, writing messy, spelling mistakes, it's awesome. Um, I don't have a very big adjective pool and all I can say about Isaiah is it's very nice. This is fine. God's fine with you saying things as simple as, this is very nice. Thank you, God, for that, it's very nice. Okay, from here I go into some random chit-chat. So the next slide, I'm saying, I always feel good after reading through chapter 40 to 66 in Isaiah. Very edifying, I'm telling God. I don't know where to read next. Shall I go on to the Proverbs? I think I might. What stood out today was, and then I'm quoting two parts from Isaiah. But on this one will I look, on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. And so I will comfort you. And then I've written, I'll have to look up contrite sometime or ask Mrs. Coulson. These days I'm finding more of a passion for your word, Lord, and I like it. I really like it. There's lots of big adjectives there. <laughs> Give me more. Please look after so-and-so and family and so-and-so. There's people's names there. I use green because I like that color. Um, jeepers, all of them. Look after all my friends, Lord. I'm not even giving him much to, like, and, like direction within that. I'm just saying look after. It's very um, basic. Uh, please, please mold their hearts according to your will. Prepare them because there's no running from you. Exclamation mark. Your will is your will and therefore your will happens. That's so great. Prepare their hearts, Lord. Thank you. Isn't it awesome how, um, I'll get to the next part soon, isn't it awesome how I wasn't trying to um, be good and proper with God, just giving him opinions on what I'm reading. It's very nice, it's very edifying. Um, I think that God likes it when you say, hey, that was a nice thing that you wrote. <laughs> It's fine, like, that's something that I would say to my friend. If they gave me a letter or something, I'm like, well, I, I really like that. It's okay to say that to God. That's intimacy. If we just accept it and are quite stoic with it, and that's a bit boring, to be honest. Like, be a bit fun. Um, 
yeah, be a bit like a childish even. Matthew chapter 18 says, Assuredly I say to you, this is 18 verse 3 to 4, Assuredly I say to you, unless you're converted and become as little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So I'm not asking him questions. I don't know where to read next. Shall I go on to Proverbs? I think I will. I don't really give him much time to answer in what I'm writing, but it's a bit cute that I'm having this little chit-chat. And that's the child part, okay? That's actually really, I think that the Lord finds that really cute, fun, it's intimate. And then I'm a bit cute because I don't know what contrite means. I'm talking to God, but I have to look it up and give me more, and this is great. Then I'm praying for my friends. It's not very deep, but it's something. Okay, I'm writing him something. Okay, and then halfway through that second page, I write, um, I feel, Lord, that I really do love you. I really do. There's like this deep excitement, for want of another word, down in me about you and what you've done and what you're doing and what you're going to do. And I mean, look at your creation. It's breathtaking. You are really awesome, God, and I love you. Lover of my soul, exclamation mark. Yours forever, love, Jess. And then I've tried to do a little fish. See a little fish signature down the bottom there? It looks a bit like a boat. I didn't practice it very much up until this point. But I did find a journal page where I did that fish like heaps of times on a whole journal page to try and practice it so it looks good so that when I sign my letters to Jesus, the fish looks good. <laughs> that's a bit cute. But that's giving time to God unto something. Like that's actually a gift that I was giving him, even though it's a bit weird, but it's all right. Anyway, I'm saying I feel I really do love you and I'm trying to understand what is this love actually, what is that actually, what am I feeling? See, um, this is where words are awesome. You start off with something like, I love you, and when it comes out and it gets written down, like when you just think things, it's a little bit vague. It doesn't really have too much shape. It's got a little bit of shape. When you write something, it's forced to take shape. You have to be clear about what you're thinking. Or if you're not, you are forced to become clear because you're writing it down in black and white, and it starts to take shape. So it's like... You've got your fishing line, you put a little bit of bait. In this sense, my bait was, I love you. And I chucked it out there onto my page and I had no idea really where it was going. I just knew that, oh, I think I feel like I want to say I love you. But then I found that I started to think, I saw that, I love you, and then I'm like, what is that even? What is that? I can feel excitement in me. So it makes you try, like, me writing that down is causing now the next step. So now I'm starting to say, what is love? Okay, I feel excitement. I'm excited about what you've done and what you're doing. And I'm excited about what I'm seeing. So that's adoration. So I'm like, it's, um, it's giving me um, more understanding and it's clarifying what my love is. And that's very intimate because it's not just this vague thing anymore in my head. It's becoming really focused. I'll come back to that. This is not the end of that journal entry. I turn the page to the next slide. Oh, I decided I'm gonna write a song. I feel so much love for Jesus right now. I'm gonna write a song. I'm gonna call it something. Jesus, my Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you very much. Verse one, Jesus, my awesome Jesus. Jesus, my Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, my awesome Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> this is deep stuff, guys. <laughs> Highly skilled songwriting going on right here. <laughs> Teresa says it sounds drunk. I was so excited. I must have had a tune in my head because the second verse carries the same rhythm. Saviour, my awesome saviour. Saviour, my saviour, 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 my awesome saviour, 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 saviour. 
Then I go on to Father, my awesome Father, because we can't leave Father God out when I'm just talking to Jesus. We need to include Father. Father, my awesome Father. Then the next, close friend, my awesome close friend. Close friend, my close friend, close friend. Close friend, my awesome close friend, close friend, close friend, close friend. Close friend. <laughs> Man, I'm getting into this. Jesu, my awesome Jesu. Oh, now I'm bringing other languages in. Okay, Jesu is Jesus in Setswana. And now I'm getting really bilingual. Must be in heaven. Jesu, my Jesu, Jesu. Healer, my awesome healer. Mate, this is such a great song I'm writing. Next page. Oh, it keeps going. Next page. Shama, my Shama, Shama. And then I just decided, what if God doesn't know what Shama means? Let me just do a little footnote on there. Shama means ever-present God or God is ever-present. There you go, carry on with the song. Shama, my Shama, Shama. Then I go on to lover, my awesome lover. Then I have lifeblood, my awesome lifeblood. And then I've crossed that one out on the side. You can see little cross there, question mark. Probably because it didn't sound good when I was singing it. Lifeblood, my awesome lifeblood, lifeblood, my lifeblood, 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 my lifeblood. It's a bit of a tongue twister. So I wasn't too keen on that verse. Keeper, my keeper, keeper. Shepherd, my shepherd, shepherd. Helper, my helper. It's just, just, wow. And then I've written, I've got to get Rachel to help me make a line dance to this Lord. <laughs> With jumps and scuffs in it. But can you feel how... All I, st I started off with, thank you for Isaiah, it's very nice. And now I'm freaking organising a dance to a song <laughs> I've created. Like I just, I'm feeling a lot of things. There's a lot of feels going on in here. And that was the end of that journal entry, except for it wasn't really, because I came back to it a few minutes later on the next page. Lord, you know that song, your word is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's a lamp unto my feet. Jesus, I love you, I love you. Well, I've got another. Your breath is like kisses on my cheeks. Your presence like warm summer breeze. Your word is a light unto my soul. Jesus, I love you, I love you. What do you think? That's what I've written. What do you think? Okay, this is intimacy, guys. This is just me with Jesus in the privacy of my little book, sitting on a rock by a yacht club overlooking a lake. All of this was inside me, but you can see that in the pages, it starts to grow like an avalanche as I begin to write. The writing of it begets more and more. It tumbles on itself. Page one begins with very nice, page eight finishes with me rewriting well-known worship songs with those words that fit my soul better and presenting it to Jesus like a little kid doing a performance at home for their parents in the lounge. That wasn't there on page one. It grew through the dialogue of writing. That intimacy grew. This is what writing does. You attach some bait on a hook, you throw it out, and then it works for you out there on the page. You tug in something bigger and more powerful. It's an, actually an offering that you're giving. If we keep our words in our head and we just think them, they just remain vague, you speak them out, they start to create, they start to grow. I was thinking I love him, but when I began to write, I began to define what that means into a stronger shape. The bait of I love you got cast out onto my paper and what I caught was, hey, what, what is that love made of? I think it's made up of a lot of excitement of who you are and what you're doing. It's a big, beautiful fish that came back and got clarified on that page. It was a lot more understanding than I thought I had when I started. This is, um, this is the Lord I believe part of, this is like 
I'm aligning here. There's an alignment happening. Are we good? We're going okay? All right. So now, if like through this journal entry, something inside me has changed and I've grown. Something inside me has grown. Because now I know that excitement about Jesus and adoration of his creation means I love you. Therefore, when I say I love you, it suddenly means all of that. It's a much bigger word. It's not just spindly. It's a huge meaning. And if you can go into worship with words that mean big things, it affects you. There's a big intimacy that goes on there. Okay, intimacy can also be a bit fun. This is the next one. Um, I like coming to ladies' worship evenings on Tuesday nights, Lord, but most of the time I just end up playing drum beats on my head the whole time because there's not a drummer. So, yeah. (laughs) That's just honesty. There's not much going on there. But I'm not trying to pretend. Okay, next slide. Well, really, I pray for all of these people at my school. Everyone, they all need you, God. Reap them. I'll be your scythe, scythe or whatever it's called. Well, reaper man, stick around. Love, Jess. Now I'm giving God nicknames. <laughs> it came because I said reap them. Then I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. What cool words do I know that go with that? Scythe, how does that, what is that, scythe? Then I realized I have no idea. So I said, or oh, whatever it's called. Then I start calling God Reaper Man and I think it's funny. I even do a f- laughing face. And my fish looks better. Have you noticed? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next slide. This is pretty cool because now I'm praying for my friends. So now I've developed an awareness that God loves my friend. So now I'm starting to look at my friend through that lens. Okay, this is someone that God loves. So here I've written, so-and-so is cool too. She's so different than what I, who I thought she was. And it's cool to know. She's not dumb. That means I must have thought that at some stage. <laughs> she's not dumb, but rather she just does things different. Like, for example, when we were playing charades, she was doing Aerosmith. And she was trying to show us air. Now, normal people, this is me talking to God, okay? This is a journal entry. Now, normal people would maybe feel the air with their fingers or something, but she rather waves her hands around her head and runs on the spot. This is so funny. She's great, Lord. Thank you. Can you feel the... Now I'm like buddying with God looking at someone. I'm saying, wow, God, look at what you've made. This is really cool. There's an intimacy in that, but it's come through... Noticing, writing, having a bit of a giggle with God about the differences and things. It's light-hearted. That's fine. <laughs> light-hearted is good. God made really weird things in the world. Sure, we all know. Like babies grow in your womb, in your body. That's weird. It means he's got a sense of humor, okay? So we're allowed to be funny with him. Okay. Next slide, here's a Valentine's card. So this is my first Valentine's card to Jesus. I liked the message on the inside and I was a bit awkward with the message on the outside, okay? A Valentine message for my darling. But I liked the red words on the inside which says, this Valentine's card is just a token on the very special love I feel for you deep in my heart. That, I'm like, I've, I mean that. I, I want those words. But now I'm confronted that on the outside it says, a Valentine message for you, my darling. So this is what I write on the inside. I've never written you a Valentine's before. I've never written anybody a Valentine's before. I've never called you darling before either. It actually forces me to think about that and contemplate that and decide if that's a word I want to use or not. But it's all because I'm being... intentional with words. Okay, so it's clarifying things, it's bringing things into black and white. Um, It pushes you into new levels of intimacy or at least to engage with whether or not you want to go there. 
Thank you for helping me do my part in this relationship. Thank you for helping me find out what love is. I'm getting there and there is no one I'd rather discover it with. Thank you, master. Thank you, friend. This is probably because I was feeling a bit weird about the darling part, so I'm like, <laughs> you're also master and friend. <laughs> Thank you forever, love, Jess. And my fishes now look great. They look really good now. How are we going? Okay, I'm just trying to lay out a bunch of different things to give you some breadth and release you into an area of freedom. Like, be free to just write. Just write to him. Just be free to be a child. Be free to be an adult. Be free to be a valentine. Be free to be a friend. Be free to be joyful. Be free to not be joyful. This next one is a not joyful one. You can tell because I scribbled. Okay, this says, Jesus, holy, why do I get so upset so easily? So I am feeling very frustrated and I'm probably feeling a lot of self-condemnation as well. I need you and you are my rock, my rock. Nobody else can please or fulfill me like you do, like you can, like who you are. Holy, I'm so... That's basically what that scribble means. I didn't have the word for it. So I scribbled it. This is okay. If you don't have words, you're allowed to let your hand move with emotion across that page to try and express what's inside you. It's a start. And it's honesty. It's like the man saying, I believe, help my unbelief. This is parts I don't know. I need help. Then I go on to say, holy help me, the things I long for in people never seem to happen. Well, not when I'm watching anyway, but maybe I look to these people too much for the things that I need. God, you've shown me your love in many ways. You are my stability, you are my shield, you're my rock. I just go on to align with him. So I'm not feeling like in a good space, but in this journal entry, I'm choosing alignment as a way through like I'm choosing, I believe, I believe, and I'm writing that down, and it pours into your heart. It's not always what you do when you feel those things, but in this case, it's what I did, and it helped me to move forward with intimacy in him being bigger than me, him being bigger than my emotion. My emotion is like, Bleh. but he is a rock, he is stable. I'm using words that are like the opposite of my emotion, because that's what I need to align with at that time. So that's really a great thing too. Um, thank you. This whole tension between our emotions and our will, so our will is our alignment. Our emotions and our will is a great wrestle to do with Jesus through journaling. In that entry, I was struggling with a lot of insecurity, frustration, self-condemnation, anger. They're very raw emotions. In that entry, I did not deny them. I did not deny those emotions. I looked at them, I wrote them down or scribbled, but then I continued with my faith and a choosing of an alignment. Writing helps us to make sense of the big, swirling, vague feels inside of us. We get them out onto paper, help define them, makes better sense to us. We bring them to Jesus, we really look at them. Then we can place them alongside a God that is a lot bigger than us. And we can say, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm sore, you're still good. I'm broken, you're still mighty. Okay, here's another entry of honesty. Morena, Papa, I'm here, I love you. Inside me, I feel so far from you, emotionally far. We don't feel close. You feel like an abstract thought. This is me talking to God. I'm telling him, you feel far from me, you feel like an abstract thought. I feel like a cooling fire, cooling coals, emotionless and empty. 
Jesus, I'm sorry for my distance. I do not know the best way to survive and live each day. And it seems the way that I'm doing it at the moment is a way that has distanced us. I've drawn near to you, and I think when disappointment comes after effort, just makes me sore and tired and emptied out. So I pull away again, just going through the ropes. So this is the help my unbelief. You are my hope and my sweet reward, yet you are unobtainable to me. Do you think God's gonna strike me down with a lightning bolt? When I'm saying you are unattainable to me, too far for me to reach. I'm drowning here in the middle of my own best choices. So I'm trying to make the best choices, but I'm drowning in them. And my surmises and directions with only me to walk and live them. And I need you, yet you let me make so many mistakes. So now there's anger. You let me make so many mistakes, so many big mistakes. I don't understand that kind of love. That's pretty strong. And so I pull away and turn back to ticking boxes. You have disappointed me, loving Jesus and being my husband, my guide and protector. You have felt so absent when I've consulted and have then allowed me to move forward the best I know how into unknown territory to be exposed and naked and mistake-ridden. My integrity is no longer whole, but questioned. My light is no longer seen as pure and strong, but flattery and tainted. I want only purity, Papa. I have always wanted your ways, your voice, and your work. So that's pretty raw. Do you know that this is acceptable to God? Okay, I'm gonna read to you from Psalm 13, 1, 3. David says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? But we know that God doesn't do that. So this is a statement of, this is not what God's character is like, yet David's saying this is what your character is like. How long will you, not, not, not only how long will you forget me, but how long will you forget me forever? <laughs> There's a big feel going on there, okay? He's really feeling it. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? It's allowed to put that down on paper. Like that was quite a personal psalm that David wrote and the Lord really liked it and put it in his Bible and billions of people have read it. God liked that psalm. It starts there. It's six verses long. The final verse says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise because he has been good to me. That is really different from verse one. In six verses, he goes from, how long will you forget me forever? To you're really good. You've always been good to me. It's like completely opposite thoughts. This is what I think happens. His situation has not changed while he's been sitting at that desk writing. His heart has changed. So I think this is what happens. His heart has changed because he sits down and the pain is swirling within him. It may have been swirling there for days, I don't know. But he sits down and he just gets honest with it. He lets it come out onto paper. He lets the questions get written down, not just written for the rubbish bin because we've all read them, but in his mind probably it started off like that. Um, he begins stating that God is forgetting him. Who knows how long that's been swirling inside of him. But writing it down starts him on a track. Now he can start going somewhere with that. An avalanche can start to grow. He's thrown that out there, that bait, out there into the deep. And now he's fishing with God. It 
6 verses onwards, him and God have worked together a bit to the point where David's soul is more encouraged. It would have taken a choice of alignment from David to look at God and say, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief, but I believe that you are good. But none of that means that he had to rub out all of his feelings and emotions or keep them smothered up or not voice them. Writing them out is an invitation to intimacy. Into me, see, intimacy. It gives us the chance to settle down and then align with greater clarity our faith to his faithfulness. We're going okay? Okay. Here's a quite different one. This one is me asking God what he thinks and he writing back to me, okay? So I'm exploring this. I say, I love you, Dad. What am I doing that you like? If I can't hear you on this, I don't know if I can recognize you on what I'm doing that is wrong or needs to change. This is actually quite a good thought because often we think we hear the condemnation really easily. But can we also hear the encouragement? Because if we can't, something's wrong. (laughs) Something's wrong there because the Lord loves to encourage. Okay, so I start off and I say, what am I doing that you like? And then I just started writing and this is the response that I wrote down from him. You're an encourager, my sweetheart. I love that you look for ways to value people and you're a safe place for them. You love me and you try to overflow that by loving others. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Papa. (laughs) And then I decided to go back to my little, um, I had a little system in the top there where I wanted to get to what does he want me to change. So I say, thank you, Papa. What needs to change? And he says... Rest in me, darling. Take your orders and confidence from me. You don't need to save the world. You can't fit a mold I haven't given you. Don't stress about your little ones, they're mine. Be faithful to your job, your work, your kids. Walk with me, rest in me, I am your strength. That's pretty cool. If you're not sure what God sounds like, you should read the Bible. I'm telling you, I have not anywhere else learned so much about God than I have from the Bible, especially the Old Testament. You might think that that's weird, but the Old Testament taught me a lot about the character of God. The more you read and take in his reaction to things, his fierce love, his anger, his joy, his might, when you start to get familiar with it, you start to see it all around you in creation, You hear it in your heart, you watch it on the faces of your friends, and it's a lot easier to come out in your writing as well. He's actually very kind, and I usually find when I do these kinds of back and forths with him, he's excessively kinder than I ever thought he was going to, and that surprises me, and then I'm like, okay, I think that was him and not just me trying to be nice to myself. Because if I was trying to be nice to myself, I wouldn't have gone as nice as that. Okay, I'm gonna do uh, one more. This is a more recent journal entry. I have a Bible now, this one, which has um, gaps on the sides that you can write in and journal if you want to. Um, I kinda like that and I kinda don't. Because it means if I read all different places, then my journaling goes all different places. It's not systematic in a book, so. But the cool thing is if I reread something, I also reread my journal entry and see what the Lord's done in me since then. So it means I reread my journal entries, which is kind of nice. All right. Um, this is about, this is from uh, one and a half years ago. I'm just being honest here with Jesus about how I dealt with doing time with him while in a season of pain, which was, um, I actually withdrew my words from him quite a lot during my season of pain. And I struggled through being messy and learning how to be messy in community once I come here. And then I finished with thankfulness. But um, this is, 
uh, Morena Papa. Morena actually is Maori, just in case you're trying to work out what I'm writing there. Morena Papa, it means morning. There is so much in this passage that I don't know where to go with it. This is the Bible passage I'm talking about. So then I go, instead, <laughs> can I speak about us? So I'm like, cool, didn't really get anything that I read, so I'm gonna talk about something else. Then I say, Rachel spoke in church a few weeks ago about having you as Lord in our lives and that what does a yielded relationship look like? I think my relationship with you is what is not yielded. I give to you here and there a bit of attention on Sundays, on Thursday mornings at prayer room, but not much beyond that. This is pretty honest. To write it out when it's this honest is really confronting because you're like, wait, do I really mean that or do I not mean that? Like you have to know what you mean when it's written out. So it force, in here you can kind of con yourself. You can be like, hmm. But when it's coming out, you have, it's very confronting. Um, since then, I've been, so since Rachel's message, since then, I've been developing this reading time together with you again, and I like the pictures that you give me in prayer ministry or worship times, and I'm growing hungry to go there more often with you. Yielding is something I'm still a bit scared of, I think. I guess I'm scared you, want, you, won't, you will not meet me there. Or I will never be enough for you. Or you'll tire me out and I'll lose all my friends, and I'm not, all my friend times, I'm not sure. Let us begin some kind of journey together. So it's okay to, I'm just trying to give you examples of fun, not fun, childish, not childish, expressive, just real honest, just real honest, but the, I, the reason is because it pulls out of you and confronts you with what's really in your heart, and then you start to grow with him, an avalanche with him, and you're able to process, you're able to learn more about what your words mean, what is love. It's an exciting, epic journey, and I think that if we don't do it, we miss out on a lot of gems. So I'm just trying to light a match under your buttocks. Okay, I don't really want us to leave without just giving you some time to explore this while it's fresh, okay? So we're gonna do a quick journal session. I'm not gonna ask you to show it to anybody. I'm not gonna ask anyone to feed it back to anyone. This is just you and then you keep it or you chuck it. We're going to look at um, Psalm 23, which you're very familiar with, most of you. Um, I'm not gonna read it out. It will be up on there and moving through. What I would like for you to do is to read it and then if anything stands out even slightly, stop there and take that and journal that, okay? So that might be um, something to wrestle with him over or ask him more clarity on or it might remind you of someone or something or you might feel an emotion rise up anything, just, just be honest with them where you're at. Think of, I believe, help my unbelief. So go with aligning and honesty. If nothing stands out, then just choose to thank him or wrestle with him along something that's in there. You do not need to be an adult. You also do not need to be a child. Just, just be honest to see where you go. Are we okay with this? Okay, if you've got a journal and a pen, you're welcome to start. If you need paper and pens, they're on the table here, and we'll just do this for a couple of minutes. Um, Nigel, if you'll play some instrumental worship, that would be great. Any questions about this? Okay, bless you. Just no expectations, just explore putting words to paper. Words to paper, I believe, help my unbelief. Alignment and honesty.
Lord, we thank you for this time. I just pray that you would help us just to settle into reading the psalm, and I ask that you would speak, highlight um, something to each person here, and help us learn to wrestle with you. Help us learn to use our words honestly, purely. Help us learn to align. Help us learn to uh, cry, laugh, all kinds of things through, through our words, Lord. Help us learn to clarify our thoughts. I bless this time, Lord. Lord, I just thank you so much for the gift of words. By your words, you created this world, that you created us in your image, and therefore our own words are powerful. Help us learn, Lord, to explore the written word with you, to clarify, to add words together and throw it out there on our fishing line and journey with you, Lord, through this dialogue on page where we are forced to clarify our thoughts and to confront our thoughts and to choose alignment or misalignment because we have to be confronted by what's inside us, Lord. I pray that you would um, help us to grow our intimacy with you along these lines, Lord, where we cry out, I believe, help my unbelief, where we learn to, to walk with you, alignment and um, honesty, Lord Jesus, and to explore with you what's inside us and explore with you who you are and to glory in the bigness of who you are and how much bigger you are than any situation that may be swirling around inside of us. We love you, Lord. I just pray that you release a grace over everyone here to write, to grow in the craft of writing and the, the communication of writing with you. I pray you release a grace for people here to write songs. Doesn't have to be songs that end up anywhere except for in our own hearts. I pray that you release a grace for people to write poetry to you, Valentine's cards, love letters, um, sob stories, all kinds of things, Lord, whatever's inside that you would help us to explore and to walk in intimacy with you in every area of our life and not just through um, a song on a Sunday but through um, daily walk with you Lord teach us how to express ourselves teach us how to find the words that we need and help us to grow in our um, communication more and more Lord we love you, we believe, help our unbelief, we choose to align with you, we love your love, we thank you that you are so good, and we bless you, Lord. Amen. I just want to encourage you to build this into your day, build this into your week, explore it, practice it. If it's something you're not used to, um, take it on as a challenge and an adventure. Um, Especially those of you that have told yourself you're not good at it. Really, really lean in and set aside a season of your life to explore and to grow in this. Um, you will not, you, you cannot help but grow in God by, by being intimate with him through the written word.